I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse. And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to episode eight. Last episode, we talked about batching content. We shared how both of us stay organized and maximize our time by batching our work so we can get a lot done on a part of our business at a time. So if you haven't listened to episode seven yet, you might want to check that one out now or at least after this episode. And you can still get my templates for my content calendar and photo shoot planner. So check out the show notes for episode seven. And for this episode, episode eight, we're going to talk about how you can utilize Facebook groups to grow community and your business. We're going to be speaking with Facebook group guru, Ashley Mason of Adasha Social, and she's going to give us all of her tips and tricks on how you can engage with your clients and gain new ones through Facebook groups. But before we go any further, what are you drinking, Jesse? Drinking a Downy Cider. I just can't help myself. So <laughs> funny story about these is I started drinking them when I was in grad school, waiting for the train to come home at North Station in Boston. So oh, the once little bar there? The little bar. So once the bartender finally started recognizing me, I knew I finally made it because she would know exactly you what I wanted to drink. Officially a native. I mean, I, I so often forget that you aren't from this area. So yeah, you do very well. well so good. I am drinking some water today because I don't drink enough water. And truthfully, being in this little closet that we're in, it gets a little steamy. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so in terms of today's subject of choice, Facebook groups, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't really have much to say. Um, to begin with, I've been part of Facebook groups. Um, I know that they've been beneficial to others, but the only time I've ever started one was for a project in grad school, and that was not particularly. I actually, it's supposedly still not active, but like I still have it, and I haven't like killed it yet. I just re I just discovered it the other day when we were looking, you know, doing yeah. our stuff, and I was just like, this is not. I have some old Facebook groups. Oh too. yeah, and you know, so many of them, like when I was looking for places you know facebook groups are great for networking so when i was looking for places to post about this podcast um so many of my facebook groups were already dead so you know um i feel like i'm missing out maybe missing out on a lot of things and i need to be you know doing to keep uh our group active on cocktails and content creation community right. um so i'm really looking forward to hearing what um ashley has to say and I've been part of several groups, many of them successful, but I've, you know, I've noticed that if the admins fail to stay active and they don't attempt to engage their members, it can quickly take a nosedive. And truthfully, I mean, Facebook was where it was at, I feel like, you know, in 2005, which is when I think I started college. I can't even remember now. Um, I haven't felt like, for me, I haven't felt like that's been a place to grow my business. I feel like it's always been more Instagram. But I have a feeling that Ashley's going to prove me wrong. And because, Jesse, I know that you've had much more experience with Facebook groups and you've had a couple small but successful groups for your business. Yeah. So I, I've i definitely, in general, seen an increase of Facebook groups in general. Um, and I actually use them for my own business. 
So I have a Facebook group for my photography clients who are my membership clients. Mm -hmm. So they get access to a a Facebook group where I share monthly educational topics. Um, It's a small group, so I'm excited to see how I can engage them more with what Ashley has to say. Um, But the other thing that I have is my education part of my business, the brand photographer method. I feel like those are where it's really successful when it comes to education. Yeah. So it's for anybody who joins my boot camp program uh, is part of the Facebook community. And that is where we have um, really great discussions where they can ask questions, where I ask them to post wins or success stories, or I'll just share lives if I need to. But also I poll them for when we're going to do our our live Q&A session. And it's almost like just a way to really connect with them. But one thing I really haven't used it for is to attract potential clients. So a lot of business owners I know create more of a general group to as part of their funnel. So it's almost like they create a a Mm -hmm. Facebook community and to provide value and not necessarily to sell, but ultimately build this really strong community full of value when they are ready to sell, they can because they own the group. So they can do whatever they want. Um, so I'm excited to to hear what Ashley has to say because it is still fairly new to me and I do feel like I'm not leveraging it to the, the full perspective. Right. But then there's also the other side of it where you don't have to have your own Facebook group. You can participate in other groups. Well, and it's funny because it's that's I mean, I'm looking forward to hearing her speak about that kind of subject because, I, you know, I'm thinking about how I didn't even realize it. But then I was just talking about I was going to share the fact that we have this podcast on other Facebook groups and like we are both part of the Boston Business Women's Facebook group and then I'm like part of the Boston Bloggers group and I've actually gotten a lot of opportunities. So you're leveraging Facebook yeah. groups, not necessarily your own, but you're not leveraging it for your own business. My own ga- yeah. yeah, and yeah. I've actually booked a photo shoot through Boston Bloggers and I've bu- I just booked a campaign um, through Royal Horizon Media, Chelsea Mars, who oh, was, was on episode the, three. The- where she was looking for mother yeah, influencers. So yeah, that's awesome. That. And even, I mean, I get the emails, but gosh, I have so many emails these days that I actually didn't see the email before I saw the Facebook. Um, and I think you might have even tagged me. I was thinking about it, but I did. I, I don't think I actually did, but really? I was going to because, oh, okay. but you already had responded. Oh, okay. All right. Because you tagged me on so many. And that's the other thing is when you, you, another great thing about these groups, and here I am saying that I feel like they're dead and now I'm touting the good stuff about them, um, you know, is that if you create if you create friendships with the groups now we already knew each other but I've created other friends through Facebook groups and then they see something an opportunity on one of these these groups such as Boston bloggers or Boston business women um, they it's a might great referral you a referral system how many times have I tagged somebody's looking for a headshot or a branding photographer and I tag you yeah you know or someone else I mean you're so well known in this community that someone else has tagged you before you've even gotten there. <laughs> So there's a lot. There's a lot to to delve into, and I'm looking forward to it. So now that we've shared our experience or lack of experience with Facebook groups, Mm -hmm. we're going to speak with someone who has found a lot of luck engaging in Facebook groups and growing a community there. Ashley Mason is a marketing consultant, TEDx speaker, and founder of both Dash of Social and Student to CEO. Starting her marketing firm at 19 years old, Ashley successfully grew grew it to reach six figures, friends, six figures by the time she was 21 and took it full time upon graduating from college. And since then, she's been featured in TEDx, Amazing, Huffington Post, Thrive, Global, Sway Magazine, and more. (music) 
Hello, everyone. We are back with another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. And today we have Ashley Mason on with us. She is the owner and CEO of Dash of Social. She's going to tell us a little bit about what that is. And we are so excited because she has an amazing story. And we're going to hopefully she's going to take us right through that as well. And uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into it. How are you, Ashley? Hi, Jesse, and hello, Kate. Thank you so much to both of you for having me today. It's Thanks so great to have here. you on. We're really excited about this, Ashley. Likewise. So um, before we jump into all the questions and all the things, this is cocktails and content creation. So we want to know what you're drinking. I am actually drinking a smoothie. I don't know if you can see it, but it is very smoothie. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I know it's so funny. Most of these recordings are done during the day. So we're finding our our, um, interviewees are normally drinking coffee or water. (laughs) Smoothies is is great. And we don't judge if it, you know, if somebody does pop up with an alcoholic drink, we're not going to judge mimosas. It's still time for mimosas. So it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Let me ask you this. If it were five o'clock, what would you be drinking? I'd be drinking some type of light beer. Light beer. Nice. Mm. Nice. Mm. Uh, so any particular one? You Usually like? my go-to is Bud Light, but I'm not too drawn to any <laughs> one in particular, which is shocking. I know people meet me and they're like, Bud Light, really? No, I was going to say, I feel like that, well, yeah, that, that surprised me a little bit. I, I respect that though. Um, okay. So tell us a little bit about your journey. We always like to start off with learning a little bit about your story, your business. I know you have like, you kind of, you have like your main business, but then you've recently started this other arm, the student CEO. So maybe you can just tell us a little bit about both and then we'll jump right into talking about Facebook groups. Yes, absolutely. So as you mentioned, Jesse, my primary company is Dash of Social. I started it just over four years ago in September 2016, and we offer social media management, marketing strategy, paid ads, SEO, um, blogging, and email marketing. So I actually got involved in marketing a long time ago for what feels like forever ago, which was 2012. So I'd actually started a fashion and lifestyle blog at the age of 15. I was a sophomore in high school at the time, and it was just beginning my sophomore year. So I'd always loved to read and write. And so my sophomore year was actually at my school is really tough academically. And so I wanted to be able to kind of have like this creative outlet just to turn to relieve stress and relax on the on the weekends and at night. So I ended up treating this blog pretty much like a full-time job or not full-time, part-time job. And I spent probably 10 to 15 hours per week on it. So I'd write blog posts, I'd connect with other bloggers, I'd work with companies, things of that nature. I ended up teaching myself from a business standpoint how social media works to be able to increase my awareness and reach and be able to basically get more website traffic. I wanted to reach people other than my family reading my blog posts. So I knew that social media was the way to make that happen. So once I got more experience with social media, I then started to become kind of like a micro-influencer and worked with companies through paid partnerships. So they'd send me their products, I'd attend press events, they'd compensate me just to write about their company, things of that nature. This was probably 2013. So Instagram was probably only a year or two old at that time. And many companies weren't really jumping on like the Instagram train for business. So a lot of the companies that I was working with, because they were so small, they didn't really have the, 
I guess, resources to be able to manage their own social media. So they were barely using it or not using it at all. I knew from my own experience how powerful it was to be able to build a brand. And so because I started to get more interested in social media after using it myself, I wanted to get more experience and help these companies out. So I ended up working with these companies that I already had a relationship with on a pro bono basis to build marketing strategies, manage their social profiles, collaborate with influencers and things of that nature. I ended up beginning freelancing officially by the time I was 17. So I was just beginning my senior year of high school when I was just kind of taking on random projects here and there. But I ended up starting Dash of Social about two years later at the beginning of my sophomore year of college in September 2016. And this is what I've been doing ever since. It's funny because I find so many people who start blogs or who start kind of what turns into a side hustle and then maybe even takes it a little bit further. It does. It turns into it. It it starts from needing an outlet, needing something to relax. And, and then, you know, it's always incredible to hear the stories when somebody takes it to that next place. And that's you made it your career. That's awesome to hear. Now, you've worked a lot on Facebook, too, yes. which is. It's kind of funny to me because I think there's such a focus on Instagram these days. It's Instagram, 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 where the images, stories, reels. But you found great success in creating Facebook groups and communities. Is it is it really still a good place? Is Facebook really still alive in the fact of growing a business? Absolutely. So it's funny that you mentioned that because so many people come to me and they're like, Facebook is dead. And I'm like, I mean, you might think of it in some ways as being really difficult, but there's so many awesome features within the platform that work so well with exactly like you said, Facebook groups. I mean, think about it when you're looking to hire someone for your home, like a landscaper or, or, or a painter or a driveway, snow clear or whatever, plower, where do you turn to your town Facebook group to ask? And so not only is it great for that, those types of Facebook groups, if you're serving like a local region, but also if you're a business owner and you're looking to hire someone for your business, you most likely turn to a Facebook group as well. So whatever market you're serving, whether it's B2B or B2C, there are absolutely opportunities on Facebook to be able to connect with your ideal audience. That's kind of funny because Jesse and I actually live in the same town. And I don't know, Jesse, if you're part of the Facebook group for the town. Yeah, you're, yeah, it, there's it's a, some, it's, a, it's, it's a very, it's a wealth of resource like you, oh, like yeah. you mentioned, but um, there's some funny stuff that happens there's, on there's it Sometimes we turn to it for entertainment. Other times we turn to it for resources. And I think that is, I never even thought of it like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many untapped resources within that group where business owners can really build authority within it and just be able to connect with their ideal like clients or customers and be able to gen- to generate business from it. So what do you uh so in terms of your your capacity and dash 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 of social if I can get that out, it's only <laughs> one cup of coffee in today. Um <laughs> How in in that capacity, what do you do for clients? Do you actually help people build their Facebook communities or, or help your clients build that that thing on Facebook, that group? Do you is that part of what you do? It depends on the clients. It's actually funny because most clients don't actually have their own group. More so what we focus on is building up their their business page and then actually researching and identifying other people's groups to be able to tap into and leverage. Because if you kind of think about it, I mean it. 
having your own Facebook group, depending on the circumstance and your business and what you're using it for can be really valuable, but it also takes time to build up. So if you're looking at these different groups who have thousands, tens of thousands of members, they've already done the legwork for you. And you can just go ahead and join and be able to tap into the engaged members that are already there and interacting within it. So we actually have our own Facebook, uh, and obviously it's in its infancy, but we have our own Facebook group, um, the Cocktails and Content Creation Community, little plug there. But um, so for us, you know, we're trying to get, we're, so we're getting a little information from you for us as well. What would you suggest we do? Do you, do you suggest we would like reach out to other podcast groups and stuff and, and kind of try to attract some of their followers over to our page? What, what would we do in that situation? Yeah, I mean, I would recommend doing that with definitely networking. That can be huge and just kind of setting up calls with people and saying, hey, like shameless plug, I have a Facebook group that you could really benefit from. But also one of the biggest things that attracts people to join a Facebook group is knowing that they're getting something within that group that no one else is getting. So having some type of exclusivity component to it. So maybe within your group, you're bringing in guest experts and people can only see the guest expert session if they're a group member. That is huge. Just finding ways to add value to the group that people can really only get if they're a member of the community itself and really can't get elsewhere. Because that'll make people go, oh, wow, I want to see that training about Facebook groups. I should go and join that Facebook group to access it. And that can really help to build up your membership and engagement from there. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think that's a a great point. I think people, uh, myself included, have started Facebook groups without really like thinking, um, you know, what, what's in it for them. It's more just, mm. you know, I think as business owners, we're, we're selfish. Here's my group. Like what's, yeah. what's in it for me, but we have to think about it in a way of, you know, how are we serving our own audience and, and why should they listen to us and why should they, you know, be part of our, our community that we're creating. And that's, so I have a Facebook group. I, for my brand photographer method, my, my course. And then I have a Facebook group for my photography clients that are part of my photography membership. And to your point, Ashley, it, it is a lot of work, um, but creating the community piece of it, like it makes you feel like you're part of something bigger and that you can learn something from others and that spending time in that Facebook group is, is actually valuable. But the trick to that is, like you said, providing that extra value and the exclusivity piece. So that's what I do with um, both, of, both of my groups is I create content that's exclusive to them. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember when I hired my first business coach, she told me that with from her Facebook group alone, she had got 80% of her clients from there. Just like you said, Jesse, like being able to put in that consistent quality content and really nurture your audience can lead to those sales further down the line, which is huge. But it's a win-win situation because as I like to say, selling is serving. What you're selling is benefiting someone in some way. And Facebook groups are a huge proponent of that. Awesome. So um, what are some types of businesses, I guess, that can benefit from this? Are we talking only like online businesses? Are we talking like, can shops do it? Like, Mm. can you tell us a little bit about what businesses could um, benefit from that? Totally. Like, do you mean in terms of creating their own groups? Yes. Yeah. So honestly, I feel like it works really well with solo entrepreneurs. So when you're the face of your brand, so like you, Jesse, photographers or coaches, consultants, like anyone who is 
maybe not necessarily a solo entrepreneur, they might have people working for them, but anyone who's kind of delivering some type of service that they would be able to connect with their customers face-to-face. It's also really huge for consumer goods. So there is a high-end consignment store in the next town over to me that I love, and they sell their products daily through their Facebook group. And it's huge for them because they technically have three locations across Massachusetts and New Hampshire. But even though they have those three brick and mortar stores, they can now send to people or sell products to people and clothes and accessories to people in Texas, which is huge. And so it's great to be able to sell things like that to people who aren't necessarily within the geographic location that you serve. So I've seen great success with product-based companies being able to use the group to kind of run these flash sales or give special promotions to group members only or give group members kind of like the first dibs on new products that are coming in, things of that nature. So it kind of really depends on what your business is, but I, I see the most success, like I mentioned, in those solo entrepreneur type service-based businesses and also consumer product goods businesses as well. What advantages do Facebook groups have in building a brand over say Instagram and Pinterest? So I say with Facebook groups, it's it's a really great way to nurture the people that are within the group. So you probably have noticed this if either of you kind of consistently comment on posts within certain Facebook groups that when you go to open your Facebook feed, a post from that group is most likely, if not the first, second, or third post that's showing up in your feed. So for me, um, I'm very active in this group, Boston Businesswomen, which many of you listening are probably members of as well. But because I'm so active in that group, I open up my feed and the first post literally is always a post from that group. So that is huge because if people are actively engaging in your Facebook group, that means that your posts are always going to be at the top of their feed and therefore beating that algorithm that everyone is so frustrated by. So being able to kind of get around that by having a Facebook group can be huge. And also too, if you're a Facebook group or you have a Facebook group, you're the face of it. So you're constantly delivering all of this value, free information, resources, et cetera, that's further positioning you as an expert in your industry and establishing credibility. And it really helps to foster that three-part factor of know, like, and trust. And it's once people know you, like you, and trust you that they hire you. And a Facebook group absolutely helps to contribute to that. Jesse is a big you know, champion of the know, like, and trust. Yes. It's as, a, as a brand photographer, that's, you know, sort of a, a big part of my my message is, is fostering that. But um, I just had a follow-up question to that uh, very technical piece, I guess. Does it, does it matter if your Facebook group is public or private in terms of the algorithm and it popping up on your feed um, through, through the engagement factor that you were mentioning? I don't know if the privacy settings relates to engagement, but I always recommend people do private instead of public, because if you go to a public group, you don't have to be a member to see the content. So there's no incentive for people to want to join. If they're private, they have to have to actually become a member in order to see stuff. So if people can just go to the group and scroll through, there's really no point for them to join because they're like, "Eh, I can just pop over when I want. But if they want to access that exclusive content we've talked about, they would have to become a member of that private group in order to do so, um, which is really great. Awesome. I think we got some work to do, Jesse. I know. On the ground. I know. I know. I know, right? 
Um, so how, uh, how have you used Facebook groups personally? Like, do you have your own Facebook group for Dasher Social or uh, the student CEO? I know we really haven't talked about that yet, but how have you used um, Facebook groups to build your own brand? Yeah, so I actually don't have a Facebook group for Dash of Social. I do have one for Student to CEO. So for those of you who don't know what Student to CEO is, it's actually a free platform that inspires young individuals to pursue their entrepreneurial interests rather than follow the nine to five route. And so one of the things that we offer is a Facebook group, because one of the things that I found when I was going through my journey of young entrepreneurship is that I really lacked support because I knew no one else who was 19 and starting a business. So we have that Facebook group for student to CEO. So that way young entrepreneurs have support, but they're also receiving really exclusive content that they wouldn't get from our podcast, blog, resource hub on the website or anything else. So an example of that is actually, I want to say it was end of August. I hosted our first virtual summit within the Facebook group. So I interviewed about five people who had started their businesses during the last recession because a recession is an excellent time to start a business. And so I interviewed people about starting their businesses during the last recession um, who are really successful right now. And so that was really great value to members within the group because they were kind of struggling with having internships canceled or they were struggling to land a job if they recently graduated or they're getting furloughed or laid off because of what's happening. So being able to hear from people who have done it before during this time period um, was of great value to them. And so being able to do that to build the brand and get more interest was huge. Awesome. That's amazing. Um, Yeah, the last recession. So you're talking the 2008 recession? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. That was a tough time. And that I wouldn't even have even thought. I wish something like that was available when I was in college because, you know, Jesse and I have had conversations where both of us had started in the traditional like nine to five. And now both of us are not for different reasons. And I feel, I don't know, I feel looking back on it, if if I had known the possibilities and the opportunities out there, I, I may not have ever gone into that that nine to five. So what a great right. resource. For, no, that Ashley, know. eventually I'll have to just do CEO to better CEO because <laughs> there we go. I'm not a student anymore, but it sounds yeah, like a pretty awesome like resource. <laughs> I'm not a CEO yet, but maybe I can just add that stamp next to my name. <laughs> so what, if you do have a Facebook group, if you have created a Facebook group, what can you do? I mean, other than offering that exclusive content, how can you foster that community? How can how can you make that community successful? Absolutely. So I would say, um, I mean, this, this might go along with exclusive content, but I really recommend leveraging other people's audiences. So that was the one thing that I mentioned with being able to bring in guest experts because they're most likely promoting that they're going live within your Facebook group and therefore sharing with their audience who will then become members of the group to watch and listen. So that is what I always recommend doing is seeing if you can collaborate with people in some other way. So that way there's that whole opportunity for cross-promoting and being able to build valuable relationships. Gotcha. That's a a great idea. 
Yeah, no, I really, I mean, I kind of thought about that, but I feel like I haven't been doing a great job on that. So, well, and that's kind of what we've been trying to do with the podcast. Yeah. Is, you know, obviously, you know, once, so Ashley, you know, once we have this all ready to go, we'll be sending you out a, a, an email that has like the links that you can then share with your audience and everything. And hope we're hoping, you know, obviously it brings them back to then. So, transferring that over or transferring something like that over to the Facebook group makes total sense and is something I did not think about. How can moderators encourage group members to post? You know, we we are always like, you know, uh, again, we're in our infancy, but we've always been saying like, we want to hear what people want to talk about. How can moderators encourage their members to post or reply to posts and calls to action? Absolutely. So, one of the things I mentioned earlier is that I see really good success in Facebook groups when it's like a solo entrepreneur who's running it. So I always say the most engagement comes when you're showing your face. So maybe you're posting a photo of yourself and writing a really valuable post that goes along with it. Maybe you're doing a Facebook live within the group on a specific topic and promoting that you're going to be going live and things of that nature. It really helps to tie the face of the brand to the actual brand. So that way it kind of draws people in and again, builds that no like and trust factor. One thing I've also seen that works well is actually reaching out to people and asking them to post into the group. So an example of that is I spoke with someone last week who helps newbie travel bloggers basically monetize their blogs. And she has a membership that basically goes throughout that process of just teaching people how to do so, but she has a Facebook group. And so with that membership, she can see what people are what people are doing, the success that they're having within the membership, things of that nature. So because she sees those people within the membership doing so much and doing so well, she said she reaches out to them and she's like, hey, can you share in our Facebook group what you've been doing with X, Y, and Z so that our members can learn from you? And most of the time, they're more than happy to do so. So sometimes people just kind of forget, truthfully, to be active within the groups, which is why it's always a great idea to reach out to people and just ask because most likely their answer will be yes. And how often do you think, so, you know, it's just Jesse and me, how often for some, for, for a group like ours, how often should we be kind of doing that kind of posting to, you know, posting a photo and being like, you know, hey, what's going on with you guys today? Is that something we should be doing daily? Is that something, I mean, obviously we're relating it to our group itself, but this will obviously be helpful to other listeners as well. Yeah, definitely. So the frequency really depends on the size of the group. So if your group is brand new and there's not many members, you'd want to post less because you don't want someone to go to the feed and just see you. Um, Although it's great, it might kind of differ people from posting stuff themselves. So I always recommend starting small, maybe two to three times per week. But then once your group starts to organically grow and get bigger and bigger with engaged members, where now there's multiple people posting within the group per day, then you can increase your frequency because there, your posts just won't be flooding it. There will be so many other more posts and content supplementing it as well. So I have a question um, back to the idea of like the like like what I do right now is my Facebook groups are really for the paid members of my service, um, both the course and my my photography clients. So when is it? I guess my question is, when do you have like a, a general Facebook group that you want to provide value to back related back to whatever service or product you provide versus, and then would you create a separate group that are like for the paid members? So like if you're a coach, like these are, this is a Facebook group only for the paid members, but this is my Facebook group that I still provide value, but not the exclusive content that the members get. And 
I could see that getting like a little like busy, like it's a lot of work to run Mm. both. So what is your opinion on that? Should there be two? Should there be one? If there's any best practices on that, tell us about it. Yeah, absolutely. So I will give an example of a client that I worked with who had both. So this client is a doula who not only owns like an agency of doulas for people, but she also teaches people how to be a doula. So she has two groups. One group is for teaching doulas to start their own businesses, where she just shares a ton of free content all the time. So it's like her going live about a topic or her bringing in a guest expert or her launching, like sharing a product that she's launching for people starting their doula businesses, things of that nature. So she's constantly sharing free advice in there, but she also has quite a few courses and memberships and stuff like that, that do have those paid groups. And so what I really recommend is using those paid groups to focus specifically on the content that you're delivering throughout that program or membership or whatever it may be. So maybe you're using that paid group to um, share the recording of the call that you did for people who missed it. Maybe you're sharing a resource that you mentioned during the call that you want people to access, or maybe you have some type of bonus that people can access through the group. Things of that nature, you really want to make sure that the paid group is related specifically to the content that you're delivering within that program, while the free group is really just a bunch of free information that you want to share about whatever you want that will really help to nurture that audience and eventually convert them to be members of that paid group further down the line. That makes so much sense. I yeah. Thank you. That is like, <laughs> it's so clear. It makes a lot of, it's like you're having a coaching session, right? Yeah. Thank you. Ashley, the coach, it's going to be your third, your third business. Well, so speaking of coaching, so tell us a little bit more about who can, um, who can be a part of your, um, student to CEO, um, program. And also you're a little bit more about your services for dash of dash of social. Absolutely. So even though it's labeled student to CEO, anyone of any age is welcome to share or use all the resources that we have. So if you're just starting a business um, or even thinking about starting a business and you're not sure what that next step would be, our blog posts, podcasts, Facebook group and resource hub have tons of helpful information for you to utilize as you take that next step. And then with Dash of Social, we offer quite a few services. So social media management is definitely like the bread and butter, which many clients go with because they say that social media is basically a full-time job in itself to them. Oh, totally. We also offer marketing strategy, um, paid ads, SEO, content marketing in terms of blogging and email marketing. So those are quite a few services that business owners can really take advantage of if they're looking to delegate their overall marketing deliverables throughout the next few months or even year. And do you offer coaching? Because I think that this, again, I think that you need to branch off into that if you haven't already. Yeah, I do. So I offer that under like the marketing strategy. So either like a one-off one hour coaching call or more of a three-month basis with a few coaching calls and email support. Wow. You do it all. Yes, I do. (laughs) That's awesome. Do, Do you have a team? I do. I have, there is four of us now, if I'm remembering correctly. I just hired two new people. So I think the total is four. But yeah, that was something that I've built out specifically over the past, I would say year. I've been putting more emphasis on building a team because I really want to step into that CEO role and not so be bogged down by the actual day-to-day client tasks, but more so be able to take a step back and focus on sales, business development, growth, networking, relationship building, things of that nature. 
And so because this, I mean, this started from a blog when you were 15, how, where do you see, where do you see yourself going next? Or do you have plans or just take, take it day to day? Yeah. So pretty much my next plan is to kind of do that whole, like taking a step back and hiring more people to be able to do all of the client tasks that way I can really focus on the actual business growth. Um, but mainly because I'm just multi-passionate and I constantly have multiple business ideas floating around in my head. And so being able to delegate more things will give me more time to maybe act on those ideas and hopefully start more businesses in the future. It's so amazing. It's, it's really inspiring because you're, you know, I think so many people have these like creative outlets and they want to be able to monetize it and they want to be able to create a business out of it. So your story is always so, so inspiring. And I think people can learn a lot from the resources that you do have. So um, where can people find you then? Absolutely. So my website, my first one is dash of social.com. And then my handle for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is Dash of Social. And then if you would like to benefit from anything that Student to CEO has to offer, my website for there is studenttoceo.com. And it's that same handle, Student to CEO, for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. We're going to put these in the, in the show notes, right, Kate? Yes. Yep. Awesome. All of this will be in the show notes too. So if anybody listening didn't get a chance to do that, you don't have to rewind. You can just check out our website and we'll have all those links and that'll, you see, you can hook up with Ashley. Fabulous. All right. Well, thank you so much. This is so helpful. I was taking notes, typing them down. I'm going to take them back (laughs) to my Facebook groups. And then we've got Mm -hmm. the cocktails and content creation, uh, Facebook group that we're going to like obviously follow a lot of these tips for. So (laughs) thank you so much for uh, spending the morning with us, enjoying your smoothie. And we will definitely have you back on because you are a wealth of knowledge and just want to um, thank you again for for being here with us. And for the coaching session. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thank you both for having me. And I would love to come back for round two. All right. Thank you. So I think from Ashley's success, we can safely say that I've been proven wrong and that Facebook is not dead and is in fact another great tool for growing your business and brand. And I'm very excited to use what she has shared with us and you know, I agree. market it, might use it for our own Facebook group, Cocktails and Content, sorry, Cocktails and Content Creation Community. I was skipping some words there, but also um, participating more fully in some of our the groups that we're both part of. And Absolutely. It's going to be very useful information. So you just, as, as she said, you don't just need to create a group. And you had said that beforehand, Jesse. You should be active in other similar groups where you already have people you know would be interested in what you're offering, um, you know, engaging in similar situations. And that's where you can also advertise your services. It's It's genius. It's, again, We've talked about this with Instagram. It's free marketing. Yeah. As long as, I mean, I always, like, whenever I join groups, I always make sure to read the rules. Right. You have to be mindful of that. You, the last thing you want to do is get kicked out of a really great, amazing group know, by no. breaking the rules. But so. there is a way of, you know, casually saying to somebody, hey, that's something that I do. Or, you know, I've had people say, like, um, on Boston Blo- Boston Businesswomen, there was someone that was like, hey, I've got a friend. 
And even though I'm a member on the Facebook group, I'm not a full member in Boston mm-hmm. Business Women. And there is that rule, like, you can't necessarily post about your services. Correct. But you can reply to something. Absolutely. They encourage you to participate. Right. Yes. And so I said, you know, hey, I'd love to chat with your friend who's looking for blog posts. And it turned out to be, you know, an, another great client. Um, so, you know, it's important to to engage. Um, and, you know, don't just post and ghost. I love that. <sighs> Uh, it's so important to be active and engaged, whether it's on your group or a group you've joined. You know, don't just post something. And and even if even, it can be even as simple as just thanking people. If you're asking for a suggestion, thank people. Correct. For Agreed. You know, just be pleasant. Just be pleasant. And, and yes, follow the group rules. That is so important because the last thing, you know, I don't want to get kicked out of Boston bloggers or Boston businesswomen. There's already always such. And for anybody who's in the Boston community, those are really two great resources. And I know Jesse knows some other ones. Well, I think if you go into joining any Facebook group without any expectations, like if you're just going there to, you know, post and post and post and post about about your services, then it's you have to go into it with a different mindset and the idea of community. And that's what you're going to be rewarded with. If you go into the idea that you're going to be part of a community, share your own expertise and not just constantly sell your services, that's the best approach you can, sell, you can have. Serve, don't sell. Exactly, exactly. Like you always say, Jesse. I don't think I coined it, but I do no, say I it a lot. But yeah. you say it a lot, yes. <laughs> um, a few things that I thought was really important that Ashley called out was when you are running your own Facebook group for your own like exclusive clients or a Mm -hmm. membership or anything like that is to really make sure that you're offering exclusive content to those groups. So especially like I'm using the example of the brand photographer method, those members are going to get exclusive content that nobody else will. And that's what's going to differentiate a paid sort of Facebook group where they have to be a member somewhere to join versus a free group where you still want to provide value. But the, the Facebook group that is, you know, paid, for your brand or coaching or business or whatever should have exclusive content. Um, and we actually, sh- we shared for um, episode five, I believe it was, we shared a, um, a Loom video to our Facebook group of you showing people some stuff on Lightroom um, that you can't get anywhere else. Exactly. So exactly. we're trying, we're working on it, people. <laughs> um, but then also, that being said, if you have a um, a funnel to an offer or to a service, you can actually consider part of your funnel. So you can have a group that's just there to sort of nurture your audience. Then when you have something to offer them, you can offer it as part of your funnel. So thinking of it as a larger part of your strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also just agree that being part of the networking groups um, can be a huge boost to your business. It has certainly been with mine. But again, going in with that mindset of, you know, being part of the community and not just selling to the community that word community is is definitely vital yeah. because you you know it's not it doesn't it's not facebook i mean facebook has a marketplace but you're not going to facebook marketplace when you're going to a group you're going to a facebook community and that is very important to remember that you have something to offer not just sell um so yes. with all of that in mind, thank you so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. If you want to check out the show notes, head to cocktailsandcontentcreation.com. You can find out more about Ashley and a couple of other things that we've mentioned here. Make sure to join our Facebook group, Cocktails and Content Creation Community. 
and leave us a comment about what you want us to talk about. As we said, we're also sharing some exclusive content, so we're already learning from our friend Ashley here. Mm-hmm. You can follow us on Instagram at Cocktails and Content Creation. We'd love it if you'd leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. And you can email us at cocktailsandcontentcreation at gmail.com. I'm Kate Andrews, and you can follow me on Instagram at Kate and Co. And I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman Photos. Or if you're a brand photographer looking to get into the genre of brand photography, I'm at the Brand Photographer Method. Make sure to tune in next time. We're going to be shifting our focus to film. We're going to be talking about easy ways to create video content, which is all the all the rage mm-hmm. uh, for your business with Paige Burns and Megan Turner, founders of the Video Identity Project. These pros are sharing how you can create professional level videos using just your phone and an app to help get the word out about what you do best. Until then, friends, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creating.